Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, Conversations About Impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose, even more than your why. Impact is where your unique self and business meet the world and contribute to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Michael Martin. Michael, a recovering Wall Street investment banker, is the founder and CEO of Effect Partners and Our Cup. He has been a thought leader in sustainability, impact investing, social change innovation, and marketing for almost 30 years. Effect Partners identifies major sustainability issues and acts as a catalyst to create movements leading to social change using music, arts, and culture. Michael's latest venture, Our Cup, tackles the plastic crisis with an innovative campaign-based impact company, using culture to educate communities, concessionaires, and the general public about the issues with single-use plastics and providing a viable market-based solution. Welcome to the podcast, Michael. I'm delighted to have you here. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So your tagline, you have such a diverse portfolio of ways that you have impact and different things that you're doing. And I'd love to give people kind of a, an overview of, um, of the things that you're involved with and how they all connect. But maybe we can start there with movements are born here. I was so struck by that statement, and I'd love to hear what that means to you. Sure. Um, what we do here at Effect Partners is really look at macro trends. We look and see what major social or sustainability issues that need to be addressed are, and then we, we look and see how we can act as a catalyst to bring business and culture together to deal with those issues and come up with creative solutions. We live in a capitalistic society, and therefore, really, uh, to have long-term uh, impact and success in something that will have traction, it needs to have a, a business model to it. So um, we look at movements, you say, okay, what are the issues, and then, and, and, and then and how do we bring the right people together to, to, to really have the greatest impact? Hmm. Well, you uh, on, on your site, there's also a statement, we're catalysts for positive environmental and social change. And you, you contribute to that in a number of ways, greening events, impact investing. I know you've been involved with education and marketing startups. Can you talk a little bit about each one just to give us a sense of, of uh, the variety of things that you're contributing to? Sure, sure. Uh, the way that we do it is we, we look to identify major sustainability or social change issues that need to be addressed, and then we, we act as a, as, a, as a catalyst to bring business solutions together with culture to deal with that. So the, probably the best way to do that is if I can go through a couple of case studies of uh, the issues we've identified and then what we've done to be able to to bring the solutions together. So, mm -hmm. uh, sure. you know, uh, I'm talking about global warming, Earth Day, uh, green energy, um, uh, Apple computer, um, and, and sustainability in the live event industry. So 
just briefly, and we can go into these in more detail later, but, you know, um, I, in the late 90s, I was uh, reading some research papers about this thing that was out there called global warming that uh, wasn't, nobody was aware of this. It wasn't out there. And it seemed like it was something that should be, it was important. (laughs) Uh, At the same time, Ben and Jerry's had just been acquired by Unilever, and there was sort of a, a perception that they'd lost their social change commitment. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I had been working with uh, an artist, uh, Dave Matthews' uh, band, uh, on some uh, social change strategy work, and I knew that that he really, um, you know, was a cultural icon and wanted to be one like Fish Food and Cherry Garcia. And so, I came up with a concept working with uh, pulling the top twenty environmental groups together, uh, working with Ben and Jerry's, working with Dave Matthews' band, and created the first ever national global warming campaign. The Dave Matthews Band, Ben and Jerry's. One Sweet World Global Warming Flavor. Um, so that ended up helping to reposition Ben & Jerry's as a company. It helped to make Dave Matthews' band more of a cultural icon. Uh, mm-hmm. It gave a container for the top 20 environmental groups to work together and unify around getting this message out. And that's how we first started getting the message of global warming out uh, that had a business and culture solution to it. Um, uh, Earth Day, uh, uh, for example, with that, um, uh, I helped produce Earth Day 1990 on the Mall in Washington, D.C. You know, Earth Day had been initiated in 1970 by Gaylord, Senator Gaylord Nelson, and it was a 20-year anniversary. Uh, and uh, the plan was to do this one event, and then there wasn't a lot of plan for what was going to happen after that. The next day, I got a call from a guy whose name was Jonathan Kraft, who said that his father had just bought the New England Patriots, and he liked the spirit of what we put together, and offered his stadium if we would do that event the following year. So that led us down a path of, you know, let's how can we how can we use this platform? And Earth Day is such a great idea. How can it be an annual event? How can we keep it going? So, for the next five years, we produced stadium concerts. Uh, and uh, developed national campaigns in 30 different markets, developing educational curriculum uh, in, uh, in the schools to help uh, establish Earth Day as an annual event. And, and through that process, ended up helping to form the organization, which is what is now Earth Day Network. Uh, it is now um, you know, the world's largest secular event with a billion people participating every year. And in the process of doing that, we brought together our culture, we brought together corporations that wanted to, at that point, start to uh, solidify their environmental uh, connection and message. So that was a way to bring those together to help make Earth Day be an annual event. Um, you know, there's uh, examples of with, um, uh, you know, a company like Apple Computer was looking to identify their what they should be doing around sustainability strategy. And so they brought us in and we, we, we looked at, we did a, the first ever global research project for Apple and found out their positioning uh, in the marketplace and then developed an overall framework and strategy for their sustainability work, which is now translated into a lot of the things that Apple has done and other companies then have followed suit. We felt that working with Apple would be a great way to inspire other companies to uh, to to take action on sustainability. Um, another example was you know Toyota was had this little car that was ugly and nobody knew what to do with it, and they they <laughs> asked if we could help them figure out what how to make this more accessible to the mainstream, and so we created a uh, uh, a campaign getting celebrities in the Prius, and that started breaking the 
the, the car's awareness into the public consciousness. And then we created a national uh, campaign in conjunction actually with Dave Matthews Band again uh, with a uh, 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 with car giveaways uh, for actions on sustainability. And that really, uh, Toyota attributes that those two efforts with why the Prius finally started to take off. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so that's the type of examples of how do you bring these things together? Uh, you know, another brief example is, um, you know, there's uh, uh, the uh, Native American uh, population, a lot of the culture was getting destroyed with casino revenue. And, um, uh, so we developed a company called Native Energy, where we build wind turbines on native lands to generate revenues for them, uh, and it also is a uh, an offset program. And so that's what a lot of the music industry now uses to do offsets in their tours is uh, the Native Energy model. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, I could, there, there's the types of examples where you know, how do you bring these different uh, identify the major issues need to be addressed and then you know, act as a catalyst to bring business solutions together with that. One more example I'll say, and then we can go on is um, uh, we are doing a major campaign right now uh, around reducing meat and dairy consumption. Um, and uh, it is a program which is um, helping to, um, you know, uh, reposition veganism Mm -hmm. Did a nationwide survey and figured out what is the appropriate messaging and how do we move the needle most effectively on that. And we've developed a five-pronged campaign, including ads that aired during the Olympics, uh, Switch for Good campaign, the mobile tour of sampling uh, our uh, vegan products uh, uh, at uh, different mainstream locations, uh, uh, vegan bodybuilders traveling around the country talking about you're stronger being vegan, so focusing on the health message of that, uh, you, and that's such a critical issue as far as you know, tackling climate change is if we can get people to reduce the meat and dairy consumption. Mm -hmm. Anyway, those are some examples. Yeah, I, I, when I uh, read about Switch for Good, it seemed to be more focused on, I mean, you have a lot of athletes involved in that program, and the, the aspect of, um, you know, the environmental impact of the dairy industry was uh, a really strong one. And you, you've done a lot of coalition building in the work that you're doing. How, how, what are some of the, the challenges of that? And what are some of the benefits of, of forming these kinds of partnerships? Uh, that's a good question. I, mean, I think that's part of the definition of creating a movement. You've got to get the different players involved. I mean, there, there's, a, an there's a concept that I use uh, in, uh, in the work that we do in movement making and campaign building. And it's something, I was a psychology major in undergrad, um, you know, master's in marketing and finance from Kellogg, but I, f I feel like my undergrad psychology is what I use more than anything. And there's this concept called superordinate goal. And the notion of this is if you can come up with a concept that a lot of people who, are, who have a similar belief system care about, you're able to essentially, um, you know, get a train moving out of the station that everybody wants to get on. And that's really an example from the One Street Will campaign. It was a matter of, you know, working with the top 20 environmental groups and creating this, this superordinate goal that we got to let the world know about global warming uh, to Earth Day, pulling together disparate groups that were out there acting on their own to create an, an organization that was ongoing. Another example of that, which is a prime example that really um, I, I've used um, this model many, many times, is um, there was a 
project called the, the James Bay Hydroelectric Project that was a $19 billion uh, mm -hmm. travesty. Uh, you probably are familiar with it being Canadian. Yeah, uh, that was yeah. a deal between the states of Vermont and New York that was going to flood an area the size of, uh, of Rhode Island and displace the the, the Korean Inuit uh, tribe and, and, and destroy, uh, uh, you know, a lot of um, moose uh, migration grounds and so forth. And that same energy could have been uh, attained instead of spending $19 billion on a $3 billion of conservation efforts. And there were 200 different grassroots groups that have been fighting this and um, they, they've been fighting for 15 years and, and not being able to cut through and make a, a, an impression. So, um, we came in and what we did is we created this concept called the Band the Dam Jam. We created a week-long series of concerts at the Beacon Theater in New York with artists ranging from James Taylor to um, uh, uh, David Byrne and Mary Chapin Carpenter and, uh, and Indigo Girls and Jackson Brown and so forth. And um, what we did then is we created a bike tour that connected the 200 different groups, went from city to city and and got everybody signing on to this to this to this campaign and what happened then all of a sudden like the village voice started covering this and then the, the npr and the new york times and all of a sudden this issue that was a behind the scenes deal came out into the forefront the images you know if you've got a board and uh, you know a hundred different nails and a piece of paper will not go through that but if there's one nail a paper will go through it and that's really what the concept of a super or goal is if you can come up with the unified message that's how uh, you know you create a movement how you create a campaign and so that, that i think that to answer your question that's really where the 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 secret sauce if you will is 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 how do you bring this together you know the the realizations in the in the uh, the vegan research is that and actually, uh, so many vegans who are passionate about it, and it's totally understandable. It's driven by ethics, and just it's just born to them to, to see, uh, uh, you know, an, an animal being injured. And so, in their mind, showing a bloody animal is the way to get people to take action. But in fact, for most people who are not uh, aware of that or not wired that way, actually the issue, the way that they're going to want to take action and, and start to open their mind to this is really more the health message. And that's why we are working with elite athletes on Switch for Good and, and help coaching them on appropriate messaging uh, as, as they are such great influencers and people who care about their health follow them. And so if the vegan message can get out to them that way, it's going to allow us to move people along the continuum of awareness to action much more effectively. Yeah. Well, you, you're involved in uh, other partnerships too, like with the Cliff Bar Foundation to create Cliff Green Notes. How do you make, uh, I, mean, I mean, not even specifically to that partnership, but how do you make, uh, how do you define a good partnership and how do you go out and find one? Because uh, so many people are now involved in, certainly in the impact realm, wanting to connect with others because none of us has impact alone. So how can we, how can, how do you define who, what a, who a good partner is going to be and, and how do you move forward in, in building that relationship? That's a, it's a really good question. And we are a very unique um, entity uh, uh, because 
I don't know anybody else that's out there about us. What we do is we, we do effect marketing is what we say. We say effect mm -hmm. marketing is what comes after cause marketing, right? Um, you know what cause marketing is, right? Uh, well, you associate a brand with a, uh, a cause, and then people are more inclined to buy that product, all things being equal, over the others. You know, the idea of the World Wildlife Panda as an example or the, the breast cancer ribbons on, on yogurt and so forth. What we believe is effect marketing is actually the next step. It's actually effecting change with your marketing platform. And that's why we're called effect partners, right? So to answer your question, what we do, the way we approach things is we don't go and try to pitch a, a company uh, or a celebrity on hire us to help you create social change hire us to build your brand, hire us to, you know, help you identify your market share. What we do is we, again, look at what the issues that are out there. We sort of map it out, look at the landscape, look at who cares about these issues, who would care about it. And then we go to those entities and say, hey, this is something that we think is is could be beneficial to you it can be beneficial to the health of the people on the planet let's see how we can work together on that and cliff bar green notes is a great example of that um where uh, i knew that um cliff bar as a company had really owned the athletic space and i knew they needed to expand beyond there uh, i knew that the owner of it uh, uh the founder uh, uh, gary uh, is Gary Erickson is really is, 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 is a musician, loves music, and that was part of his identity as part of the brand identity. At the same time, I knew that the music industry uh, was really in need of, um, of, of greening, and, and I believe that the music industry, part of the reason I've done so much work with the music industry over the years is it's their you know, cultural icons and cultural influencers and role models. And so um, we, we put all that together and, uh, and went to, to Cliff Bar with this concept of let's, let's partner together. You, Cliff Bar as a company is totally about sustainability. This is a way for you to expand your market beyond music into the new mainstream. This is a way for you to actually have a quantified impact on, on society in terms of uh, environmental change and so forth. And, um, and we created then this the, with a sketch we went to them with. We created this program that that achieves the goal of social change as well as uh, brand building and, and you know and, and quantified impact. And you know it's it's interesting now we have uh, it's almost two hundred artists I think now that are part of Green Notes that have all been given a training ground on how to have social change impact as they're touring. Um, a lot of these bands were baby bands, you know, just playing to clubs, and now they're into uh, arenas, and mm -hmm. we've grown with them, and we've helped them have the impact as they've grown. And so it's it's, it's one of these things where it's planting seeds, and and it grows and has an impact. And 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 choosing Cliff as a partner was uh, all about looking at what the brand stood for, where uh, Effect Partners. Um, sort of culture fit with the company's culture and how we felt we could have the greatest impact. Uh, we've been approached by companies that we just don't connect with what they're, they're really about. And we, we turned down that work. Well, you've been involved in the live event industry a lot in terms of establishing greening practices. And what, what led you to start our cup, which is a, a nonprofit you've recently started to address the whole plastic crisis and and uh what happens at events sure well and that's um it's an interesting story and our cup is a is a for-profit it's an llc uh ah, so okay. um what um 
what happened is uh, back when I produced Earth in 1990, um, I realized this was crazy. There was no greening efforts happening in the live event industry. And so um, uh, Steve Miller from Steve Miller Band asked me if I could help him figure out how to make his tour be green. So I created this document called the Enviro Rider. When you tour, you have you know a production rider and a catering rider that's attached to your performance contract. And so. Mm-hmm. The Enviro Rider listed the things that the artists would request of the venues and the promoters to do for them to perform. And that, back in 1991, and so for the last, whatever it is, 29 years now, I have been uh, updating and maintaining that document. It's sort of become the Bible for green event production. You know, Billboard magazine calls me the, the guru of, 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 of music industry greening and so forth. So <laughs> I just sort of maintain that and have, have been sort of the, uh, initially the crazy guy in the corner saying we should be recycling at events and we should be offering vegetarian food at events and we should be encouraging people to take mass transit. And I've gone from the crazy guy in the corner to the guy that's sort of, you know, trying to lead the industry in that. Yeah. A visionary. Uh, and, and so, uh, I try to, yeah, there's, there's a fine line between the crazy guy in the corner and a visionary, isn't there? <laughs> there sure is. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, and so in the process of doing that, uh, one of the projects that, I was hired by Live Nation, which is the world's largest uh, promoter, was to go in and analyze their amphitheaters and help them figure out the way they could go zero waste effectively. So we, um, uh, I went in and, and uh, you know, because I said uh, over the last, since 1990, I've been trying to come up with the most elaborate recycling systems and methods and, you know, neon signs and gamification and reward systems and you know, education and so forth. And nothing has ever seemed to work. Uh, and so um, uh, what uh, I did is I went in and I eliminated all the plastic at the venues and replaced it with compostables. And so, the, and then we eliminated the waste bin. So all that you had was you had aluminum cans, plastic bottles, and, um, and, and compostable materials. Then we had trash goalies that, that monitor that. And I thought, finally, this is the solution. And, um, and what ended up happening is at the end of the events, we tracked the outcome. And what happened is 80% of the waste still went to landfills. And I was so depressed. And the reason for it was because everything was still on the ground and so forth. And so I was depressed for literally months. And then um, mm-hmm. Madonna's manager, and U2's manager, a person named Guy Osieri, uh, flew me to New York and said, Mike, we've got to come up with a solution for this plastic waste. You know, you're the guy to do it. Help me figure this out. So I, I, spent, I spent a lot of time thinking about this and researching it. And I realized that in Europe, there's this common practice of renting cups at festivals. And so I thought, why don't we do that here in the States? And the reason we don't do it is because we're a throwaway society. But uh, I felt that, that there was starting to be enough awareness out there and back to the concept of identifying major issues need to be addressed. I felt the plastic crisis was a next huge thing that was going to start happening. Uh, and, and, uh, and it's turned out to be true. And so I, uh, uh, I formed this company, um, Cup, and um, I launched it with, um, with U2 and their Joshua Tree Tour in fall of 2017. And then in 2018, uh, we went out to the artists I've worked with over the years, or artists I knew that cared about sustainability, um, you know, Jack Johnson and Dave Matthews Band and U2 and Radiohead and Rod Stewart and Bon Jovi and, and the Warp Tour and so forth. And we did execute our cup at those events and it was hugely successful. Fans loved it, and then uh, it just launched into 2019 with Rudy Mumford and Sons and the Rolling Stones tour, uh, and um, 
uh, you know, working on uh, festivals and, uh, and, and permanent residencies at major venues where every event is going to be an ARCUP event. Mm, that's fabulous. Well, you're not involved in just environmental change. You're also involved in social change. And I, I know one of the uh, organizations that you've been really instrumental in creating a campaign for and communication is to a billion. Yeah. So can you tell us a bit about that? And Sure, sure. Um, there's a band, uh, Bon Iver, which is really an artist, Justin Vernon, who is a gender studies major in school. And um, he was, he had an album coming out called uh, Two a Million, 22 a Million, I'm sorry, it's called 22 a Million. And, um, and his management asked us if we could help them figure out a way to most effectively communicate that and have an impact on on um, gender equity issues and, and women's issues and so forth. And so we researched it and found out that there was over a billion women uh, in the world uh, have been uh, sexually abused or harassed in their life. Uh, and so we created this concept that was sort of uh, riffing off of the album and called it to a billion to reach out to a billion women to let people know it's over a billion women that are impacted by this. And so what we do with that is we've worked on messaging for the artist, uh, for, for Justin, for their website, for their social media. We, um, and every tour, every every tour city they go to, we identify local nonprofit uh, groups and, and you know better women shelters, uh, uh, women's organizations, so forth, and set up a tabling operation. We've set up a uh, auction every night where people are able to bid on signed items and meet and greets and so forth. And uh, we've we've raised um, um, well over a hundred thousand dollars over the last year and a half for groups around the. The, uh, the the world focused on these issues and um, it's great because it's the we're able to go into each market and, and create this uh, social media energy and awareness we've uh, signed up uh, tens of thousands of new volunteers for these organizations uh, brought them tremendous visibility and um, you know it's something that really we do and a complete turnkey for the artists the artists and the management team are amazing to work with you know again the the sort of partnerships that work are when you know you you put the the issue the cause the meaning first and then you figure out how to wrap business justification around it well i i know that uh, I, I heard Tarana burke the founder of the me too movement speak here last week and uh, yeah it was such a powerful presentation so i know that there are many groups out there that are doing some uh, amazing and beneficial things in that realm and uh, i mean this just feels like another way to really support people in that work of, of helping women deal with with uh, issues of abuse and, and violence so yeah right. it's a great contribution yeah and part of the reason that we work with celebrities on this is I think best typified by a quick example here when I helped, uh, I continued to be involved with Earth Day and every five years producing a major event on the mall or helping raise funds for this. And I, I thought I had this great idea back in 2015 to really make a, a huge splash for, um, uh, for climate change. And, um, and the idea I had was, let's get all the heads of the top 20 environmental groups on the stage. We get Dennis Hayes, the original organizer of Earth Day, to come on stage and to do this stunt where he's here. Okay, everybody in the audience, take out your phones. Everybody on stage, take out your phones. Take a picture of each other 
and let's post this and let's get reach out to you know millions and millions of people about we need you you need us we all need to work together to tackle climate change right that was sort of the concept so mm-hmm. i came up with this i got it all programmed and scheduled and that morning before the rally i was uh, i just went online and researched this you know to figure out the the, the the social media reach of the top 20 environmental groups and you know i was guessing probably a couple hundred million or whatever and i looked and it turned out that they all collectively together at that point had 20 million followers wow and then i looked up the artists that were performing you know usher had 70 million mary j blige had 60 million gwen stefani had 50 million um mm-hmm. the, the 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 fact that these artists as influencers have more reach and influence than the groups that are fighting these issues this yeah. is why I work with the celebrities to be able to get these messages out and help them be most effective with what they're communicating. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a smart move to, and, and it gives them a chance to contribute in a different way too. So, yeah. Well, just to change gears a little bit from the social environmental impact direct, I mean, related to the entertainment industry, you've been involved in starting and supporting companies that are impact focused. So what roles have you played in that in that work? Yeah, it's it's sort of interesting. It's been a little bit of um uh, you know seeing these these needs out there. I, I explained the story of native energy already is one example. Another is um I helped to start a chain of organic restaurants that's in the Midwest called People's Organic Cafe and the idea with that was how do you you know, let the people learn about organic by tasting, experiencing it, and and seeing the stories. So we message that throughout the the restaurant. Um, I had this idea, um, and um, I launched a company with Ziggy Marley to draw attention to um, GMO. And so we did non-GMO hemp seeds and uh, and coconut oil and so forth, and used the Ziggy Marley brand and platform to to educate people about that. There's a mm-hmm. company called the Big No that I've been working with, which is a, uh, a company that, that, that focuses on wellness in, in corporations. And so we have a video library and a whole training program that um, uh, is really effective at that. And that's a project I've been on the board of. So, um, you know, just looking at, and I see an area that I think needs to be addressed. I, I come up with ideas for businesses or I, or I um, partner with other people who have started or are thinking of starting business to 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 get them get them launched and it's it, again it's all about i think looking at the future looking at where i see the trends are looking where i think there's a societal need to address some of these problems so is your approach to identifying those companies is it more is it is it a real strategic approach that you take where you're constantly scanning for issues and, and potential companies or is it kind of more things that come across your path that strike your interest and then you follow that. How do you approach it? No, that's a good point. I, th- I think it, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think it's, uh, and I would put one other piece in there is with scanning the horizon, looking at um, what are the trends that are happening, uh, you know, and then and then and then looking at strategically uh, where the needs are, and then either creating uh, or identifying uh, solutions for that. I mean, our cup is a great example of that whole process and okay this is we, we got it we got to come up with a solution here right um you know the fact that i had the support of of you two and um you know the other artists that invested in it uh and the management and so forth i that came about because of you know 
the 30 years of work in the space that I've been doing to be able to have the connections and positioning for that. So it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's one sure. of those things where I knew, um, you know, all those aspects of what's the need in the marketplace, what's the, the strategic fit, where is that off, what, what's the solution, and then, and then, you know, where are the pieces that can pull that together. So, Michael, I, I'd love to hear more about you as an entrepreneur and the way that you approach your business. And one of the things that is uh, really an issue in one of the things that's really an issue is uh, how do you lead a company that is so diverse? How do you? What's important for you? in terms of, of what you achieve as a leader? It's mm, an interesting question. I'd say there's a few components to that. First of all, I, I want to say that, you know, all this work that we're talking about, it's not just me. It's an amazing team and people that I've worked with over the years. One of the things I'm really proud of is there's been, you know, several, there's two people actually right now that are working full-time at Effect Partners who worked here in the, in the 90s or in the 2000s and you know come back uh, it's uh, so it's it's the it's the the, the the selection of the team number one number two is uh, is then I think the the vision of you know where these these uh, ideas are and uh, and then a key part of that then is I think the sort of um, you know, try to the, the inspiration and the motivation and the vision and and, and 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 where we're going, and then another thing which is just a phenomenal um, a piece of the work that we do, and part of the reason why we we literally have you know, there's like a dozen people um, uh, every week or a couple weeks that are applying to work here, is that we are so focused on mission and purpose. Uh, that it's it's really um, uh, very much um, uh, you know there, there's so much passion in the work that we do. Uh, a common thing that that I hear from uh, the, the 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 people that I work with here is is my God I can't believe the whole day went by it and it seemed like I just got here. It's like so everybody's working with such passion and belief in what's happening that I think that mm -hmm. just it buoys up and allows things that typically wouldn't be able to happen to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, that, I mean, you're really talking in some ways about culture and what, how would you describe the culture at effect partners? Um, essentially, yeah, yeah, the, the whole phrase, a uh, culture read strategy. I mean, you know, I think that there's, um, what we try to do is to have, um, it's something where there's there's uh, ownership of everybody. Everybody is encouraged and welcome to to help shape the work that we're doing. Um, it's very collaborative. Uh, it's very mission driven. Um, we it, we we also it's funny it's the people that are here. It's like a family, and there's a chemistry of people working together and having each other's backs. You know, mm -hmm. a, a great example is, you know, with the R cup program, so if we have cups left over from the end of a tour or whatever, they'll be shipped back to the office and there'll be a, you know, a pallet of cups and, you know, all the cups is here and, and, and then everybody forms like a, uh, uh, a line and transports the cups in. Everybody works together on everything, even though if you're part of effect and not part of our cup, the, the entire company just, just has each other's backs and works close mm -hmm. together. I think that's part of what the, the, the culture of the company is and, it, and it's 
it, it fits with the work that we do, you know, and trying to, trying to think about the impact of what you're doing on others and thinking about the, the you know, what you're leaving behind and, and, and um, what you're creating. I think that that's a real in, inherent in the entire operation here and, and part of the reason why we've had the success that we've had. Mm. Well, do you, as the leader, do you consciously take steps to support or, or shift the culture if you're seeing it's heading in, in not, not good direction? Oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know, we like to, you know, do things, uh, simple things from, uh, you know, happy hours to, you know, special gifts and so forth. To the other thing is what we'll do is it's a lot of uh, collaboration, uh, you know, what we will have, you know, off-site uh, meetings and so forth. I want to uh, give a shout-out to some of the people that helped me run the company, too, Chris Chamberlain and Nate Nolman and some of these other people that, that are brilliant at this as well. And, you know, many times I'm – flying around the country, around the world, um, uh, doing stuff. And they're there, you know, making sure everything is, is happening um, and um, are really uh, very effective at it. So it's, it's really, it's a team effort. Yeah. Yeah, it's always true. Well, before we wrap up, Michael, I'd love to hear, do you do, what do you do to manage your own energy? Do you have a, a morning ritual or practice that you do or things you do during the day that really help you keep up with all the activity that you you need to be able to do. That's interesting. Um, I um, a few years ago I was diagnosed with having a case of chronic Lyme disease. I had it for seven years, and oh, wow. it was that can be debilitating. It was completely debilitating. I actually had to. I had a twenty-five person company at that point, and I had to shut it down um, and wow. uh, recover for about a year and a half. And I've come out of that now, fortunately, where I, uh, I now have my memory back. I completely lost my memory and so forth. I now have that back. Um, but what it, it, that, that, that experience forced me to do is to, you know, really try to reprioritize and, and re-envision how I work. Uh, because I used to be able to, you know, you know, work nonstop really and, you know, travel off and, you know, work at this U2 event and then, you know, you know, get up next morning and speak at a conference and fly to across the country. And I, I, you right. know, I can't do that anymore uh, as extensively, you know. Um, but so what I try to do is, is be more uh, thoughtful in how I schedule stuff. But then on a daily basis, to answer your question, I, I, make sure I get some form of exercise in, even if it's as simple as walk around the block. Um, but, you know, yoga or something like that, um, uh, rollerblade, biking. Um, then I, I do meditation every day. Um, I think that's a really critical part of, of, of keeping focused. Um, I, uh, I eat primarily uh, vegan. Um, I, um, you know, try to um, carve out space to, to get a good night's sleep. That's a thing that gets challenged sometimes with the lot of stuff <laughs> right. going on and also with having uh, a family as well. Um, mm -hmm. So th th those uh, the types of things that I, I work to do, I'm very fortunate. I have uh, Kate, who's my assistant support person, who just keeps everything on track, which is a really important part so I can focus more on the uh, creative and, and, and connections and so forth. Um, and so those, those things all fold together to, I think, uh, allow me to be able to try to uh, take care of the, the, the rest of the team. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And especially with the health challenge you had, that's, uh, I imagine, crucially important to keep, uh, keep that up. Well, Michael, I, I always wrap up these interviews with a rapid round of three questions. Are you ready? Okay. 
<laughs> so first is what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? I think what I would say is that sometimes impact uh, is, is in a business world is contrary to a business world. And sometimes mm. it's viewed as the opposite. And in fact, I feel like with the example of effect marketing, it's not the opposite. It, it only, it, it works together if it's done right. Uh, mm. And, and you know, you can't, you, it's a false choice. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. Second question is what's the one thing you've consistently done that's contributed to your success and impact the most? I would say uh, listening, uh, uh, being willing to pivot, um, you know, bringing in, uh, looking at the big picture, um, and um, and then the, this whole notion of a superordinate goal of applying that, you know, with movement making, you really need to have that. And how, what's the what's the what's the big tent that 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 fits everybody and, and moves the issue forward? Hmm. Uh, I hadn't heard that phrase before, the big tent. That's great. Um, and finally, what's one insight or piece of advice you'd share with another business owner who's asking, how can I have more impact? How can I contribute more? Well, you know, it, it's, it goes back a little bit to what I said earlier about how we approach things. Uh, most um, people will start off on the step which says, how can I make money on this? And then let me try to wrap some impact justification around it. Right. I look at it from the other, take this the, the other step, which is what's the impact that's needed here? How can I use my skills and relationships and connections and, and, and energy, life energy to have an impact? And then how does that make business sense and how can I make it make business sense? I love that. I complete agreement with you. Impact first and business second. It really the two can really meld in a powerful way as your company demonstrates. So Michael, thanks so much for sharing everything you have. I love the diversity of the things that you're working in. And yet there's this really cohesive thread of uh, contribution and impact throughout it all. So thanks for sharing that and, and the way that you conduct business. Well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. And thank you for the work that you're doing. It's critical to be sort of spreading this word and, and sharing this knowledge and, and, and moving uh, the world, the society down this path. I mean, uh, uh, unchecked capitalism will destroy the planet. Uh, if it's directed in the correct way, the health of people on the planet will thrive by it. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Best way probably is to email me at mm for Michael Martin, mm at effectpartners.com. E-F-F-E-C-T-P-A-R-T-N-E-R-S.com. Great. Well, Michael, thanks again, and thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Thank you so much, Ursula. Join us for more episodes. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. You can even help spread the word. Leave a review if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, Join our community of entrepreneurs like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.